1: Turban. Turban did for the touchdown. Have yeah,
0: fun, play. play with some heart, play with some passion. Turbin the champ.
1: He gets the call on second down and goal and pushes it through, and the
0: Colts have scored a touchdown. First and goal at the one turban. What's up, everybody, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another show. Turbo Talk, myself, Bridget Case, my co-host, very special guest on the show, Coach Anderson, head coach Utah State. What's up, Coach? How you doing, babe? You good, Robert? I'm doing great. You make any hoops in that basket behind you back there? Oh, come on, man. That this is that. That's where I get my stroke from right there. That's how I get automatic. Yeah, I you like know, it. good. it's good. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I, I got to get my shots somewhere. I can't go to the gym. So it's mm-hmm. like, this is the best I can do right now. Yeah. yeah we I, should start I, I, a live
2: it. tournament on there. That would be fun.
0: That would play horse. That mm-hmm. would be.
2: Yeah, exactly. Since everyone's doing that. But we should do an at-home one where you do that right there and get some other guys. It'd be fun. If anyone's listening.
0: do your game, Robert. I'd probably have to move the hoop just because it's a little tight in here, you know. But But that's the um, point, you
2: know? I'm, it's like things are tight right now.
0: Yeah. Well, whoever wants it can get it. My nephew, he takes L's pretty much every day to me. So in anything, whether it's the hoop or the old game, you know, I still have enough youth youthfulness in me to, to get W's what video a teenager. Did you play? Mostly mostly two K, mostly NBA two K, but a little bit of Madden. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get back into playing Madden. Mm-hmm. I haven't played Madden really since college. That was the last time I was really playing it consistently. Then it got weird. Everybody said it got weird. Everybody said it got like too difficult or something. And I was just like, it kind of turned me off. So then I went to the 2K world. Plus I miss basketball. Sometimes I wish I was like an, an NBA player. Like I was like four <laughs> inches taller or something like that. For real, You're if right. I was four inches taller, I'd probably be in the NBA instead.
1: You know what you should do? Just, just put on your jersey, keep that door closed, and pretend you're playing in the NBA. On exactly. That short, good.
2: I'll put some really good music on in the background. I'll do some sound effects for you so you really feel like you're in an arena. <laughs> we well, can I, make it the real deal you what, for you. I, like Nike says, if you've ever really wanted to play in front of a million people, now is your time. Play inside.
0: I like that. Song. I do get mm-hmm. my fix, though, Bridge. You know that. You know. You know this every year. Even though this year guy had to get canceled. I was to say you didn't event, get your my fix. My basketball event. I didn't get my fix this year. That's why. That's why I like my my. I feel weird on the inside. But I get my fix every year, Coach. I do this. I do this basketball event in my hometown. Alumni basketball event. It goes, it's 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 a great event. This year would have been year number four. And you know, it's like it's cool because I get to play one championship basketball game a year. That's where I get my fix. And I haven't been able to get it this year because of... You, do, you, do
1: you rig it so your team gets to play in the championship because it's your deal?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I choose alumni who graduated uh, in various years at Irvington High School where I went, and we play against the varsity team. Oh, I and, got you. Uh, cool. and we good. get a special guest to come every year. First year, Frank Gore came, Russell Wilson came the second year, and Bobby actually uh, came last year along with my good friend, Will Clay, who's a... Who's a three time Olympian who we actually had on the show last week.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and then, then this um, year it was going to be me. This year,
0: yeah, that, <laughs> I, kidding. we were going to have you there. We were going to do the show. <laughs> I'm so
2: joking. I don't know. Do you think you can you even
0: shoot a basketball, Bridget, at Excuse all? Excuse like, me. You, you...
2: That is so rude. Yes, I can. I mean, I no, haven't been to David Buster's in a while, but you know.
0: David <laughs> Buster's. Oh, my God. <laughs> That answers the question. If
2: you need me to get out on the driveway at, at, at my lunch break, I can. I've got the hoop out there. So
0: That is funny.
1: Turbo Donner- you got a little game, huh? She's that Oregon duck girl. Yeah. You gotta be- Do I got any game? <laughs> I told you. That, that. I think it was your last year at Utah State. That's the last time I sharply changed directions. I'm like a snake. Yeah. I just slither through things now. I can't, I can't change directions abruptly. So uh, that's not good that's for the back big dog. So no. So horse,
0: horse is definitely your game. That's,
1: oh, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Horse would be good. Little, you know, old school 21 game, that stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The treadmill. I don't know about 21, 21, 21 is, it causes a little bit of change of direction there. Depends on the rules. Your rules might be different than mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Coach, a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Um, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Critical situation going on really go- globally. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk about how uh, the coronavirus has really uh, affected, uh, you know, people at the college level. Um, you know, talk about that. Uh, you know, what are some of the things that, that that you've said to your players? What are some of the things that you guys are doing? Uh, you know, to be able to counteract uh, what's going on in the world right now.
1: Well, I, I think that the first thing that we found out real early as we, myself, um, I needed some sort of a, a timeline uh, for the mm-hmm. for the players, for the student athletes as a whole. So we started this five weeks ago now. We're in our fifth week of doing this. Uh, we, we set June 1st as a date of just a training cycle, basically. And if we just talk specifically about football for a minute, um, our, our days are basically the strength coaches have a workout that they send to them every single week. And the workout is for a young men that may have... Full access to a weight room, which is not many, um, a weight room that's uh, you know a home gym or whatever, which some of them have them, and then some of them have nothing. So there's three different workouts that go to them every single week that they can uh, work to maintain strength and put them in a position to be able to at least maintain strength. Turbo, you know as well as I do, you, you can maintain some strength no matter what you're doing. Um, yeah, you got you to squat heavy to get stronger on squats and so forth and all those dynamics, but you can maintain some strength even if you don't have a weight room. Um, so our kids have done a great job with that. I just think a strength coach has been very good. Then there's the running piece. Um, we've cycled it through to where our kids are now transitioning the next couple of weeks in here as we go through the last couple of weeks of April to more of a speed concept uh, where we're at. And, you know, there's cycles that go through that also. Sometimes you're running a little bit longer distances and gassers and what have you. And then there's times in football where you got to change direction. And if you go for four or five months and don't change direction, then all of a sudden you walk back in here and you're asked to change direction, we're going to have a major problem with soft soft tissue injuries. And uh, I know there was a study that the strength coaches gave me a couple weeks ago that the NFL I can't remember the situation, but there was it was the walkout, whatever it was, years ago um, when the when the players were removed for a period of time and they came back and Achilles injuries went up like 400 um, percent. And that's that's what's in danger if you don't change direction and move. And so we're trying to educate our kids. Our piece with the academics has been. Amazing with the university as a whole uh, adjusting Utah State with the professors to the, to the kids, to our uh, leaders academically within Wonga and Slade who run our academic situation. And our assistant coaches have been superstars as far as allowing our kids to be able to react. And uh, we still have our same expectations as a football team. We want to be over a 3.0 GPA. I expect us to achieve that. Um, and our kids have just done a fantastic job of, of adjusting to – Uh, the new norm, if you will, um, in the academic standpoint. And then really for us, it's really important for me and our assistant coaches to just, every kid's in a different spot. Um, You know, I called every one of them last week and our assistant coaches are calling every one of them every single week and communicate with them, not just by text message, but by, uh, you know, communicating with them on the phone or FaceTime or whatever they can do. But, uh, you know, what's going on in the family? You know, there's possibility of losing jobs, there's financial stress, there's You know, a lot of people in a home that we have kids that have two or three kids at home where mom and dad were by themselves and empty nesters, and all of a sudden they've got two or three kids back home from college. And, you know, it's cool for a man, but now mom and dad's probably like saying, get out, go back to school, man, let us have our lives back. So, uh, but we're just trying to really look at those stressors, and we're fortunate, we're really blessed in that area to have. Um, not not a bunch of issues with kids, and I think it's a credit to the families of our kids and the and, and players and the student-athletes as a whole of adjusting to this new situation. And from a football standpoint, you know, we, we have a unit meeting um, at least once a week, and they have two position meetings a week, and those are all on that Zoom stuff where they can all see each other's face, which, uh, you know, there's some football time on that, but there's probably more time that goes into those kids talking, communicating, laughing it up, having a good time with each other because they can see each other's faces. So, It is a new norm. Um, It's abnormal. Uh, Just my hats off to the kids in the program and to our assistant coaches and the academic people and the university as a whole, allowing the student-athletes to still work to have success as as we go through this. And uh, it's a crazy time, but we'll learn from it.
2: Yeah, that's super crazy because it is something that's so new, like we don't really know how to ju- adjust. But you spoke out recently that if players can't get to practice by June 1st, teams should just play conference games. Why do you think that that'd be a good solution?
1: Well, you know, um, there's a lot that's going to go into that. And I, th- I think really for me, when, when I state those things, is it's just myself and our football team. And I think coaches need a little bit of a mindset of, okay, Let's get to this point, and then if we need to adjust, let's adjust. Now, mm-hmm. the professionals, um, whenever, whenever that is, we're, you know, there's going to be a lot of discussions on what it takes to get a, a student athlete back to be able to be prepared to go to camp, right? Because that's what we're talking about. The right. timing is we get an opportunity to go to camp, and how do we get them in a position to be able to go to camp and, and structurally be ready for that physical strain that mm-hmm. camp has on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I use that. I use that time of June first really structurally for our kids to be able to say, "Hey, let's get to June and see what happens." If it's mm-hmm. going to be middle of June, if it's going to be July when they get back on campus, but our kids need to know there is there is a responsibility for them to understand when they walk back in here, they need to be able to run. You know, ten gasters. I watched ESPN a couple of days ago. I was on the treadmill and running, and working out, and. This young lady with a family is going to the Olympics. I probably should know her name. I don't. I know she was like 34 years old, maybe the last try to go to the Olympics. She's out. Her husband is carrying their baby. He's timing her on, his, on her, on her on his phone, and she's working out on the street in the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can all do those things, and we have to accept some responsibility, understand that when we come back, we have to have a little bit of a baseline. So, and then that'll give us an opportunity to look at our kids and say, okay, now we've been instructed to whatever that number is that the professionals are going to give us. They're going to give us that number. Is it a month to get ready? Is it six weeks to get ready? You know, my my, my whole structure is, is this, give the kids the opportunity. They talk about pushing back the schedule. I'm not going to make any of those decisions. I'm mm-hmm. going to support any of those decisions that are made. But I need to make sure that I give our kids an opportunity to say, hey, walk back in here with a baseline so we're not starting at zero. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one thing in our program that we are – are lucky uh, in this way, and Robert knows this, we have a lot of returned LDS missionaries um, mm-hmm. on our team. And those kids can go somewhere for two years where they have no opportunity to work out and you know they're walking around doing what they do as a missionary and, and doing their job as a missionary, but that's not physical activity. We're, we're used to bringing those kids back in uh, to the flow of a football program, which there's a strategic step to that. And as we go through that, that's a, that's a six or an eight-week, scheduled to get those kids what we call mainstreamed with the football team. Now, the challenge is is mentally when a kid is going to come back in here right now, all of our student-athletes and every athlete in the world right now, when they have a chance to come back, they're going to be as hungry and should be as hungry as they've ever been because it's been taken away from them. So mentally they're going to want to go, but physically we have to be smart. And so we're going to have to lean on the professionals to make those decisions of the timing and then support it but make sure that we, we all want to get back to play and we want to play as much as we can and we all hope it's a full season, but we've got to give the kids a chance to be healthy.
2: Yeah, it's like coming off an injury. I mean, you're so ready to play mentally. You're so ready to go, but your body's just not there.
1: Exactly right. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. There's so much of this right 100%. now. That's like where you, you, You've had an injury and now you're back, right? And you've been taken away from you, and so you're so excited, but you, we have to educate and be really smart.
0: And what a great opportunity for these kids. I mean, college is all about developing young kids into adults, into men, into professionals, you know, although, uh, this situation, um, you know, isn't a great one. It's a great test, you know, uh, to test these guys mentally, uh, to be professional, say, Hey, you know, you're not going to have, uh, you know, the guidance, uh, uh, and everything behind you as far as the facilities and everything like that. Um, What are some of the things that you can do on your own to continue to prepare yourself to to ensure that you're going to be ready um, when you come back, when you come back to campus? Um, And I think that's a great opportunity for those guys, uh, you know, to really grow up in that realm. Um, You know, from a recruiting aspect, Coach, uh, man, how difficult has it been to uh, recruit prospects uh, to come to Utah State under the circumstances?
1: Robert, let me just back up. We used you last year as a great example um, when you had the opportunity. And, you know, we, we keep in pretty close touch. I know how hard you were working out and you were grinding for that opportunity. And you had no idea the opportunity that you got last year just hopped up one day and then away we go and we go get it done. Right. But you stayed ready. And to me, that's a tremendous challenge for our kids mentally and physically to accept that challenge that you accepted the when the NFL knocked, you were ready and you took advantage of it. And so I, I use that with our kids right now saying, Hey Robert Turbin, listen, he's done this for a long time. He's learned. He's took advantage of the opportunity. And that's it's you're right. It'll be that there will be young men that will get exposed because they decided to do nothing. Uh, there'll be teams that probably get exposed because they decided to not do enough as we go through this time. So right. it's going to be see where it goes from a recruiting standpoint. Um, but that's why we love you, okay? Because you work your tail off, right? <laughs> you always have Robert. Yeah, I
0: appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that.
1: Um, you know, recruiting has been very different. Uh, it's, all, it's all flipped upside down. Uh, you know, when, when we go through our spring here at Utah State, it's so important to get moms, dads, decision makers, coaches, and student athletes on campus in the spring. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to find a more beautiful place it's hard to understand what Utah State is about as a whole what Cache Valley is until you have boots on the ground I mean you need to see it yeah and we didn't have those opportunities this year to get that done through our spring recruiting so um, now you're creating it through uh, videos and virtual you know talks and communication um, is it as good no but our, I think our recruiting staff has adjusted and um, we'll continue to do that like everybody else has. Uh, now, our ability to evaluate prospects has drastically changed. Last time we saw these kids play football was their junior year, if they're going to be seniors, or their sophomore year, if they're going to be juniors, as we turn around and recruit these young men. And we all know a lot changes from whatever that was, October, November, until now the middle of April. You know, kids change a ton in that time, and they they grow, they get bigger, they get stronger, they get faster, they develop, and all the things that come with it. Um, And we haven't been able to see that physically from them um, in obviously not playing football, but they'll play football later, we hope. But we can't get them physically and spend time with them, watching them, seeing them at the school. You can't sit down and have organized meetings with all the recruiting rules and all those things, but you still can see them, and we don't get to do that. So that's foreign you know, one of the, we we ask kids to take a picture if they can and send it to us, and we try to educate the kids on, you know, you need to make a tape, not specifically for Utah State, but you need to make a tape of yourself changing direction, catching the football, pass set, running the ball, whatever it's going to be, as much as you can, send it to the other teams on your huddle link so they can see who you are today. Um, take a picture in a door frame, send wow. it out to all schools that you're interested in because. Door frames are the same size, right? You can't fool a door frame unless you get on your tippy toes. So we kind of try right. to educate <laughs> and help them get a little recruited right now, too, because all the schools need information, not just Utah State.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it must be. You know, what about, what about the kids even, you know, who are seniors? I think they're implementing something where they may be able to go back and play their senior year again, uh, both at the high school and college levels. Uh, you know, what's your opinion on that? What do you think about that? How does well, that affect the recruiting Not, process not as for
2: well? hi, I don't think for not for high school. I don't
0: yeah. know. I, I, I heard something that that the high school players may be able to go back and play senior years as well. I could be wrong about that though. Yeah.
1: I don't I don't know about the high school thing. I know within college, you know, there's there's so many things that uh, filter into that. If we just look at the student athletes side of it and just talk spring sports. You know that that will never happen in football. I, I don't think that should happen in football. We haven't missed we missed spring ball in football. We haven't missed anything, and you know, maybe our maybe our schedules will be conflicted or whatever it's going to be. But again, that's not today's fight. Uh, to me, we we get ready to play the the opportunities, and we're hoping that it's going to be 12 games and hopefully a 13th in the and a 14th game as we go through time which we all hope right now that we get to play in a conference championship and then go play in a quality bowl game but you know what uh, we can't worry about what we don't have in that situation the spring sport kids from last year that's tough and from a sports standpoint it's it's very very difficult now from an administrative standpoint it's very very difficult also they want those kids to be able to have that year they want them to be able to play all the things that come with it but there's you know, numbers of scholarships, there's addressing the financial stress that that causes on the university. There's so many things that go into that. That is a big, big tangled web right now that I think every individual school, and I hope every individual conference will look at and evaluate, which I'm sure they are and, and try to come to to terms with what is fair and what is right. Um, I think here, I'm just speaking. I don't know. I don't coach those sports, but I would imagine at Utah state, a lot of those, uh, Student athletes at this point in their lives are going to be prepared to move on as, as time goes and as the dust settles, you know, they're ready to move on in life and, and get themselves uh, onto that next adventure. So, um, they're all in case by case, uh, by universities, by conferences. I think they'll handle that. It's, it's a tangled web. You'd hate to see anything taken away from a kid, but you also have to be very sensitive to the universities as a whole. Um, on what they can handle because they are stressed uh, financially in a big, big way. And I know at Utah State, will work to put the kids first, absolutely. But those stressors have to be worked on on both sides.
0: 100%. And I know the basketball team, uh, the basketball team made the tournament this year. You know, I know that, that, that brings in huge revenue for the university. I know they were getting geared up for that. So I know it's a definitely a tough situation for them. You know, as far as the recruiting process for the football team, you know, is this a time maybe you you try to lean on your alumni a little bit more uh, to try to to try to help get recruits uh, to come to Utah State?
1: Yeah, well, we're always looking for that outside information, and I think you know you you've always been awesome. You see a, a guy that you think's a player, and you always are sharing that information. We get quite a bit of that, um, and and it, it is very helpful. Uh, we we. The, we're, we're probably more organized right now in recruiting than we've ever been at this time of the year because there was no spring ball. So our evaluations have been very, very good uh, from the film, from huddle, uh, from communication within the stabs, as far as, but again, we don't get the individual touches or we don't get to see them or they don't get to see us, but I believe that we're extremely organized. And, you know, the alumni is always really important in the recruiting process as a whole. Uh, it, it'll never, I think if you're not leaning on that, uh, when you have the opportunity, it's it's easy to say, well, that's not quality information, or it's this or it's that. I've heard all the stories with that, but I think when we get when we get that information, we want to pass it on um, to our to our recruiters, to our position coaches, and and see if it's a fit. The struggle a lot of times in that area is is you know a lot of the alumni doesn't understand. Okay, well, we we there's this great running back. Okay, but this year we only have one spot for a running back and we need to take an upperclassman running back and it's possibly going to be a grad transfer running back. I'm not, you know, that's not this year's situation, but those scenarios are out there. So we we take the information, we adjust the information, um, we digest it, we watch the tape and then we try to communicate and and be, um, you know, say what we say. We don't always, everybody doesn't always agree with where we're going, but uh, we value those opinions beyond the alumni for sure.
0: Yeah, no. I've always been, uh, you know, huge in trying to Utah State being my alma mater. Uh, I want the best for the school. So if the kid out there that that I see uh, could be, uh, you know, a good aspect, you know, for school. You know, I'll definitely, I'm always definitely sending sending film your way. You know, I saw I saw something uh, on ESPN yesterday uh, regarding pro football, and it's like, man, teams are watching more in NFL film, or excuse me, more college film than that than they than they ever have in the past trying to evaluate players uh coming out of college going into the pros because obviously they can't do the private workouts they can't come in and you know see a guy face to face i'm thinking in my mind like is isn't the film the kind of the, everything you want to see anyway in your evaluation what's the difference in your opinion uh as it pertains to seeing a guy on film watching film and then bring um, you know to do like a private workout what are you what are you looking for? Uh, you know, in those instances, that's different than watching.
1: Well, I, I think there's a lot of – a lot goes into that. Um, you know, positions, offense scheme, defense scheme, um, you know, and you, you, you're trying to look and evaluate as a whole, uh, you know, a quarterback can you take to get the ball under center, those different scenarios, wide receivers. Can they ha- handle it, um, a complex offense that you're going to get in the NFL versus – Many of these offenses in college football now that are based on being extremely simple. Uh, so how how is the kid? You don't know how the kid takes coaching on the field or in a meeting room until you get face to face with him, right? You can't see that on mm-hmm. film. Um, and then also, you know, what 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 exactly is who's he playing against? You know, you can get skewed sometimes in high school football, absolutely, in college football, absolutely. You can get skewed by who a team is playing against, or who a uh, a position player is playing against on that particular week, right? By the guy that he's playing against. I mean, there's there's different talent levels, and uh, for each each week that you line up against somebody, or whether it's a defense or an offense or whatever it may be, so those are things that you sit back and look at. Plus, you know, you know me, Robert. I'm a me personally. I'm a big guy, I'm, I want to see your eyes, man. I want to see what you look like on that day and how excited 100%. you are. A big believer in understanding and saying what, you know, what's well, what's this dude all about? Um, and you've been in those NFL workouts when those NFL guys come in here, they're going to test your mentality. Now they're going, they're going, they're going to test right. your tough dude. They want to see how tough you are. And sometimes that's hard to see when you're tired. You know, can you think when you're tired? Are you going to push through and grind? And I think you can find that right. in those individual workouts.
0: Right. You've got you've got a uh, obviously. Uh, Jordan Love, potential first-round pick, uh, one of your players going into the draft this year. Uh, not sure where Bridget has him going in the in in the draft. I'm sure. Uh, I know she has her opinion.
2: I was gonna say everything's a little wonky right now, so
0: it better be okay. in the first round, or I'm gonna hang up.
2: Well, I was gonna say I don't even know if we're gonna have. I don't even know how many rounds we're gonna have. So, but.
0: Yes. Well, we're going to do the draft.
2: I know, but I'm just saying. You know how initially they were saying, like, oh, well, we might only have a couple rounds.
0: No, I actually did not hear that. Yeah, they
2: actually. were saying they were going to cut it down. It's besides the point. I was just, I was just saying, yeah, they were initially saying they were thinking of cutting it down, both doing that for the NFL draft and the MLB draft, which I mean is more ridiculous for the NFL draft, obviously, because it's so small. But yeah, and that would impact things greatly. But that's besides the point. Anyway. Continue.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, just to, just to piggyback real quick, I think they'll have all seven rounds. I think uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL agreed to, you know, they're going to do it at his house. He's going to make all the announcements from his home or something like that. But, but, but yeah, you know, uh, quarterback Jordan Love, obviously a first round talent. Um, you know, I I, I really I think very highly of him, and I, I know Bridget's a, a a big fan of his, even though he didn't go to Oregon. So you're probably uh, a little bit uh, more uh, supportive or well, maybe not supportive. Maybe supportive is the is is. The, I don't is only right
2: support Oregon people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I know it's your alma mater, so it's almost like it's almost like automatic.
2: Well, I mean, like, I want my team to draft Justin Herbert, if that's your question, but that doesn't mean and that I hate other quarterbacks. I want the Chargers to draft Justin Herbert because we the need a quarterback anyway. So. That's
0: right. That's right. You so you want Herbert over you want Herbert over her?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Oh God, <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> hey, she doesn't like, she doesn't like living in
1: California anymore either. To her. she told me that she likes living in uh, Oregon. She likes the rain I more do. than the sun.
0: Did you did you know yeah, that? Really?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh my, mm-hmm.
0: Coach, where do you where do you have Jordan Love going? Where do you see him going? Uh, which round potentially do you see him going? And and what team, in your opinion, uh, just from the outside looking in, do you feel would be a good fit for him?
1: Well, he's going to be a first-round pick. That's that's not because of what I think, but that's what he's going to be. Uh, I've talked to you know a bunch of teams, and uh, people are very, very interested in him. Um, he's a great player. I think he's going to be a huge asset to wherever he goes. Just as good a player he is, he's, in my opinion, he's a better kid. Um, and he's extremely excited about this opportunity. He went through it all, he went through it right. He, uh, uh, as he went through his year with us, he was very, very open with me and communicated. Um, his mom is amazing, she is a superstar and was so supportive of Jordan and pushed him. And, um, you know, Jordan has just handled all this very, very well. And there's mm-hmm. a bunch of stressors out there that uh, it's very, very difficult for those kids when they're at that high level playing and making the decision to come out earlier or whatever it was. He was a great teammate. He battled. Um, he never you know, whined about what he didn't have. You know, people, a lot of people, I guess all the time, well, you know, I know he lost a lot, but I don't people, I don't know if people really understand what he lost. He lost 90% of his production, a wide receiver. He lost four all conference, offensive linemen four conference, all conference, offensive linemen. And then he lost his left tackle early in the year. That was a freshman. So, you know, those things are hard, but he never, at one time, and he lost a running back to the NFL, right? And G. Wright battled back there. Jalen Warren recruited, did a great job for us. But, again, it was another highly productive uh, players that, that he lost. Um, and he never... I didn't realize good. that. He never, he never was, woe is me. He was never, mm-hmm. uh, gosh darn it, this is not good. This is that. He was always just a tremendous and teammate. And that
2: shows a lot to teams when they're recruiting. Yeah, it does. It does. 100%. It does.
1: Yep, and I so I think he's definitely a first round choice. Uh, there's mm-hmm. been numerous people that we've obviously communicated with, and uh, where he goes, I don't know. That's uh that's not my business, but I know there's a lot of teams that uh you know have, have uh, asked really good questions, and obviously they're asking the questions because they're highly interested in him, not because they're just uh doing their homework. and yeah. it's been been fun to watch. And uh, just I know he's ready. I know he's excited, and he went about it the right way. And whoever gets him, he's going to represent the team extremely well off the field. He's going to be a great teammate, regardless of what situation he gets put into. Whether he has to play earlier, he can sit back and learn for a little bit and digest the league and the, the new dynamics um, and all those things that come with it. So he's he'll he'll be ready to go, and I'm excited to to watch him progress. And he deserves everything he's getting.
2: Mm-hmm. What's been the difference in his? process like his visit process because they've all been virtual visits for these guys what's been the difference for him you would say versus your players in the past and how has it affected him like mentally you think for preparing for the draft
1: yeah i think it was great that that they had the opportunity to get done what they did at the combine right that mm-hmm. was that was uh for him i know just in time were- Yes, it was different. It was different, and so I've talked to him just briefly about that, and and he seems really positive, even about the, the video conferencing that he's had and the communication he's had. He enjoys it, um, but but on the other hand, I've never heard Jordan say, "Man, that sucked" about anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never heard that out of his mouth. That's not how he's built. That's not his M.O. So uh, it didn't matter if it was the first day I met him um, or it was the last day that we played our last second of the last game that we got to be part of together. Uh, so, but I, I think he's you know he he seems. I know he's extremely excited. Um, you know he'll be uh, he'll he'll handle it the right way. I'm sure he's going to be right there with a clo- close knit group of people uh, in his family. You know, and he's never too big for his past. I asked him the other day to make a little video for us, and he shot it back in you know a couple hours. So he's he's a well grounded kid. So I think he can adjust to whatever those situations are. And he doesn't know the other norm, right? So this is the norm for him. You only get drafted one time, and you only go through this process once. So um, he's. I think he's got great help around him. I'm Mm -hmm. sure he's got support staff that is very, very good within his agents and their cycle of people that are there with him. But the best thing he's got going for him again is his mom.
2: That's I love that. I love that. But I also think that there is this change that we're seeing, not just in college football, but in the NFL too, where we're seeing more of a behind the scenes look at players and their families and what they do off the field. And that's really cool. And so all of these teams really look at that and they kind of, uh, they draft you half of off who you are, n- not just by what they hear about you and what they talk to you for with a visit, but by what your social media profile looks like. Um, h- how do you prepare players for that? Like as far as being men off the field?
1: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And, you know, I, I, I call, Turbo knows this. I, I always call the kids, kids. And that's not, that's not a reflection of saying that they're kids or they're babies. It's just, my verbiage that I use for them. But our goal is to continually work to change young men into men. And a big part of that in today's day and age is social media and how you represent yourself. So, so my, my simple answer to, to that time I have social media, uh, the first thing I say is what what wherever you're at in the person that you respect most in your life, look at that. And before you push send, make sure you'd want them to read it or see it. And if you live in those parameters within social media, I think you'll be just fine. Um, I love that. You get outside of those parameters and outside of the foundation that you build for yourself, you, you're putting yourself in potential problems to embarrass yourself, embarrass your family. And quite frankly, whether it's the NFL or whatever job it may be down the line, yeah, you're putting yourself in a bad spot.
2: Well, because especially like when you're in college, you're not really thinking about all those things, especially when you're in that limelight. I know like for me, I was so fortunate to be in that limelight when I was in college and I wasn't really thinking about all of the negativities that I would face or somebody um, ever vetting me off of a profile. I was I was careful about the things I posted, but I didn't worry so much about, you know, getting a job and things like that. Like I I don't know. It was not something that was super, super on my radar until I was out of college. And I really focused in on, Oh my gosh, like would I want somebody seeing that probably not. And, um, even though it was not something that was like illegal, it just was kind of like, why would I post that anyway? You know? And I think that kids are getting smarter and smarter, but also dumber. I don't really know. It's kind of a, like a catch 22 there, but, um, it it went so far for me that I was just like, Oh, we're going to delete the old profile. Not, not even, it's not even going to happen anymore. Um, but I, I think it is interesting because I think of, like, all of these old guys who tell stories all the time. And they're like, I, I wouldn't have even been able to play in the league if my if we had social media. I, I got away with all these things, like, when I was, you know, young and, and all this stuff. And it, it's crazy, like, you know, just hearing stories like that. And it's obviously good and it's bad. You know, we learn so much about ourselves. We become smarter. But also it is a big stressor.
0: True. Right. There's another side to that too, coach. Uh, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, before you press send, you know, who would you want to see that? Who would you want to read that tweet? Those things are important. How you're representing your, your, your not only yourself, but your family, uh, the school that you're going to. You know, there's a, a you know, a mental health side of that. Uh, you know, that's, that's been talked about, you know, widely uh, as it pertains to social media. Sometimes it can really affect, Uh, people who are in college because they're in that, you know, they're in that stage where uh, they're just developing to become young men, young women. Uh, Is there an approach to the mental health side of things uh, for you and your football team as well?
2: Well, I know the coronavirus has put the sports world on hold and your March Madness bracket that never even existed this year may be busted, but that doesn't mean you have to stop placing your bets. BetOnline.com has hundreds of exciting games to wager like poker and blackjack. And I mean, we've still got American Idol, The Spelling Bee, Nathan's hot dog eating contest, my money's on Joey Chestnut, obviously, there's still so much fun to be had. So go online to betonline.com and use the promo code MYPOD100 to get 50% off with a welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For our listeners, 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. Bet online, The fun never ends.
1: Yeah, um, there, there absolutely is. And, and if you just talk about the social media side of the mental health part of it, I, I, I tell our kids, again, when we talk about that situation is, guys, if, if you are looking to get your justification in a positive way from social media, or you take the negativity that you bring upon yourself or you decide to read in social media, then shame on you. You're shallow. Don't be that shallow. You don't need people that are, are giving you the pat on the backs on social media. They're, they're not meaningful to you in your life, right? You can get those from uh, phone call. You can get those from face to call face. Your mom. Those are the ones. That, yeah, those are the ones that yeah. you should. I, I <laughs> right. we, we try to get those those parameters and set them up because I, I know I, I don't. I don't have a Twitter. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. That right. but I don't need kids are good. But I know I can't tell the kids, hey, don't have Twitter. It's not going to happen. Right. So. They're going to do that. They're going to get the information, but I, I, I really try to give them, let them understand that you're going to get information from there, but don't let that information dictate your feelings, if you will. And if you are doing that, get away from it. Past that, mental health for us, you know, we got the best guy in the country. Okay, we got Doc Gordon, right? I mean, who's better, right, Robert? I mean, you know, Doc, you love Doc Gordon. He's been fantastic for us for. Yeah, Doc
0: Gordon is fantastic.
1: Full yeah, full time. I've been. He's, wor- he's world. Re- he's world. He's world-renowned.
2: How long have you had him?
1: So he's been well. He was. He was. Uh, he retired. Oh, maybe a, I don't know. I'm gonna say a year or, or two ago. Okay. Um, but he was world-renowned um, in that area. I mean, you know, he he always prides himself on saying, and I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't doubt him for one second. But he's like, hey, you, you, you know, uh, you want me to text Tiger Woods real quick? You don't believe I can talk to mm-hmm. Tiger Woods? Watch this. I'll get him on the phone. <laughs> okay. he, he has all those guys. That he could throw out different names and whatever it's going to be because he's worked with so many people through the years. And it's not just the sports side of it. Yeah. So we, we have him with us. Um, he does. He's done so far in this process and the five weeks been doing this, he's done uh, two videos that were just football specific. And he's done numerous that. other videos for the athletic department as a whole. And so the, the athletic department's done a great job of putting Doc Gordon in position to be able to be involved with our kids but to me the mental health piece is something that you need to talk about right Right. because and I, i worry about that right now with our kids as more than i worry about anything else because it is new they've never been through this those stressors that we talked about within family circles that i just want them to know they have to communicate with us right we we don't have a crystal ball that we can read and see these problems and i think that's that's what we work so hard on in our year and a half year to come back is, is to build the trust within the team to say, guys, there is nothing that you can't bring to us. There's nothing we can't talk about. If there's an issue, if it's not an issue, you just want to come in and sit down and talk, let's chop it up. It's awesome. But gosh dang it. If there's a problem, especially now or something that you think is a problem, but maybe, you know, somebody else doesn't think it's a problem to us, it's a problem. If it's a problem for you, so let's talk it out. So just the trust factor yeah. the education in that piece is, is huge in in this mental health part of it.
2: Yeah, I I love that. But also knowing that it's okay to get help. I know for me, like I'm a huge mental health advocate for, but... It also took me a long time to be okay with speaking out on things. I'm okay with it now because I don't feel like I'm going to lose a job or something. You know, like when I was at my last uh, news station, I felt very uncomfortable talking about things like that. I know when I was a student athlete in college, I was going to the University of Oregon when we had so many resources. We had so many team doctors. There was a dental office in, you know, in the, Mm -hmm. in the cast, everything, like everything you needed. Right. But Everyone was afraid to go and get help for their mental health. And I knew numerous people who really needed it. All of us were really struggling. And I talked to all of my friends who all played different sports. And I always check. I'm like, did you feel the same way that I did? Like, it wasn't just me, right? Like, you didn't feel comfortable going upstairs to go, you know, like, and it was And we didn't even go to college that long ago. But for me to see the change now, how so many more people are talking about it and it's more acceptable. But I just know like for me, my coach also would have said something like because she would have called you out for anything. Like if if you would have you know, done something or, or talk to a, a teammate about um, about your mental health or your depression or just whatever you're going through. And I think it's more acceptable now. And that's really cool. But how do you talk to your players and tell them, hey, it's OK. The stigma has changed. Maybe it's not the same as when you were in high school and another coach has told you different.
1: Yeah, well, I think, again, to me, it's it, it is talked about. And uh, we do a great job as, as a university of, of making it not be an intimidating situation not you know that it's 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 you're you're weak because you're doing this mm-hmm. well that's that's to me that's that's worst thing that can ever come out of it if you build a culture within your athletic department or within your football team or softball team or whatever it may be that you know you seeking advice and the stressors are different than they used to be okay and in college sports let's just talk about it it's different the, the there's there's fans have more access to you athletes, period, and that can become a positive. That can become a negative. There's yeah. there, there's stressors out there that comes from uh, academics, you know, a, a high level of academics and asking to succeed. And stressors that come from family situations where you know each kid is different, and the expectations from the family are different, and and I think that those are just more brought to the to the limelight now and brought up. And I, I think back. In my time in college, and as you go through time, we all have those. You sit back, and we all we all had those stressors at that point. But it wasn't talked about; it wasn't communicated with. And mm-hmm. would it have helped us all if we had somebody to communicate with at that point? Yeah, I would say yes, it would. So we just try to make it be a friendly environment and an environment to where, hey, um, you know, this this information is out there. And the other thing is is we don't bring it to the forefront, right? It's mm-hmm. it's an education. Between a position coach, and if they want, want to communicate and talk with people, or whatever it may be, um, whether that's Doc Gordon, whether that's someone that the, the training room, it's all it's all in a position to where it's uh, kept very confidential. And I think that that again, I go back to the word trust is a huge part of developing that culture of uh, quality mental health because kids need to communicate, and if they're not an the environment to feel that they can communicate, then it's not going to be a, a good culture.
2: Yeah, I I definitely see that there. And I mean, there's been a huge shift and a change. And I applaud a lot of universities and just pro teams who are really taking strides forward with that. But one thing that does concern me is that for a lot of the general public, we see a lot of professional athletes coming out and talking about mental health. You know, Kevin Love is so active um, in promoting just coming out and talking about it. But what I do worry about is for the general public, just general fans, a lot of people are still afraid to talk to, to talk about it or be open and honest because they're afraid of getting fired by a boss or something like that. What would you say to somebody like that when they're not, you know, so secure because they might not be a professional athlete and, and they don't feel like they have, I don't know, something like that to fall back on?
0: Right great question
1: I, I hope I hope you're I hope they're not uh, people are obviously going to be in that environment and it's going to be a stressed environment there's no doubt about it um, you know and Robert I think Robert could shine some light on that me per- me just personally yeah. I would say do all your best to reach out and don't be afraid to get around the people that you trust and ask questions uh, share your feelings to the people that you trust it may not be anybody at work it may be a friend, it may be a parent, it may be uh, it, could, it could be a coworker, whoever it may be. But uh, I think you have to start with again with a, a little bit of communication. I'm not a pro on this by any stretch of the imagination, but I think again it's it's communication with someone that you trust.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's I think, so good. I think about the
0: athletes. Um, you know, I think about the athletes who uh, you know, from a mental health standpoint, who have you know all the aspirations of, of playing pro ball, whether it's football, coach and I know that. You know, you've had to deal with this with, with some players, but for whatever reason, they don't make it. You know, they don't they don't get drafted, they don't get invited to the combine. Um, you know, they, they they don't do well at the pro day or or something like that. Their opportunity to 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 become a professional, uh, you know, basically is 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 non-existent. And then they're in this kind of limbo phase, you know, uh, and and some of those some of those guys. Uh, and again, we're talking about guys who are who are just developing into becoming adults now so they don't they don't necessarily know how to handle uh, this adversity. you know normally everything that they've tried to do thus far in life uh, has worked uh, for the most part. Uh, you know what do you say to those to 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 some of your athletes who have those aspirations of going pro uh, but just doesn't happen for them
1: yeah I think that's uh, there there's there's honest communication Robert you you know I'm gonna always have that honest communication with with the players and if I think you have an opportunity to go on and be at the next level I'm gonna tell you that if I don't think that you do then I'm gonna tell you that too and and, and hope that you prove me wrong that, that, that I'm wrong and you do get to reach that goal one day um, so but when you do get to that point there is a crossroads and you know I'll, I'll never forget you know, one day in my life there was, and I can share all these personal stories. I think it's important because every coach has a story about playing or uh, being competitive at some point in their lives, and that. And so you share them. You know, for me, you know, it was I had a, a third knee injury, and you know, the thank goodness the Los Angeles Rams gave me a little bit of an opportunity to come in and be in those uh, mini camps and things that we were doing, and uh, all of a sudden I got a third knee injury. You know, and so I woke up one day and I was like. Not much of a need for a 21-year-old senior, 21-year-old uh, rookie center with uh, three knee injuries, right? And that hit me right in the face. It was very, very right. hard for me to deal with, um, but I, I, I had to, and it was time for me to shift gears. The challenge for me in those situations as a coach is to talk to kids about those situations because I don't want them to kind of wander around like I did for a minute. There, I was married. I had Stacy, and you know, Stacy's the the. Best thing I got going for me, Turbo, you know that. But, you know, she know was the that. one basically kicking me in the fanny every day and saying, let's go. There's – you know, football is over with. Let's move on. Let's go. If you're going to coach, coach. You're going to do let's, let's go. Um, don't sit around here and, you know, uh, worry about it. Let's go on. Um, and I think that my job as a coach, especially as a head football coach, that's where our Beyond Football program comes in. And it wasn't here when you were here, Robert. We developed that as we went through time. And we brought it back here now with us. And so when that dream and the goal of Beyond Football is this, is when football's over with, our goal, and I can really salute you one day as a student athlete, say I did my job as a head football coach, is when football's over with, you wake up in the morning, you got a smile on your face, you're going to go to work, and you're going to make the money that you need to make or that you want to make to take care of whatever you've created. So if that's yourself, if that's yourself and kids, that's yourself, wife and kids, whatever that may be, you're in a position to take care of them and you don't need football to allow you to be able to have happiness. You don't need football to be able to make money that you need to make to take care of whatever you've created. So that's my job as a football coach, in my opinion now, to be able to put you in a position to say, this door's going to close and I hope it's after you play 10 years in the NFL, man, that'd be really cool, but it doesn't happen very often. And it may happen your last college football game here, whatever that is, you got to be prepared for that next step. So that's where we've come in saying when that dream is there as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, we talk about it all the time. We're going to have you prepared. You need to take advantage of the beyond football program, which I'm passionate about it. We could talk about beyond football forever, but that's my goal as a head football coach is to not just say, Oh, let's go play in the league now and get your degree. Those two things, th- those are good. you To get your degree here. I hope you play in the league, but I got to get you prepared for life.
0: 100%. 100%. I want to shift gears just a little bit and go back to something you said earlier about the coronavirus uh, and playing uh, just your conference games only Um, and the idea of doing that. You know, obviously, those non conference games a lot of times provide uh, quite a bit of revenue for the university um you feel you feel perhaps not worth it um at that time that, that the season can uh can start uh if it's delayed uh you feel like you know that 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 revenue isn't worth it um at that time or what you know i think I I, <laughs> I
1: I it's essential that we are able to play those games right i mean for for college football as a whole and every different university and um, you know, there's 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 so many different ideas and so many different plans out there. Um, it's the ideal timing is to play the games when they're played. In a way, we go if there has to be adjustments made, then you know we we need to make adjustments. And and maybe you know I've I've heard some talk today. This is not my talk. Not me not saying this in any way, shape, or form. But it, you know maybe it's an opportunity to expand the the championship to to eight games this year uh, because of the setting. I mean, mm-hmm. there's you know, push it back a couple of weeks and you can extend that. And, and so wow. they're, they're going to be, again, th- those decisions are not going to be mine. Um, those decisions are going to be, you know, people that make those and the professionals that make those. My goal is there is, there is so many stressors right now on universities financially and it, it's, it's and, and in the yeah. world that we shut down the world.
0: Okay. Yeah, losing programs and everything
1: stresses to the universities but quite frankly, there's a lot of people that don't care about the stressors to the universities, right? They're, they're, they're worried about their family yeah. and, you know, them Keep being able job. to get that yeah. check that they need right now to be able to get the stimulus check, to be able to pay the rent, to be able to they're, – they're not worried about a whole university. They're not worried about a giant corporation. They're not worried about the world. They're worried about their fight, and it's a big fight. And And so as we look at it, I think we're so, again – shallow if we're worried about how many games we're going to play or what it's going to be i want the best for utah state i want the best for um the world as a whole i want the best for college football and the best would be to get back here in the proper time and be able to play um mm. but those are big games you know There and and whatever we can do to be able to offset and and hopefully get students back here in cache valley and be able to get our student athletes back here so we can you know, walk around and, and see kids again and see people in the community again um, is, is the key right now. It's not how many football games we're going to play. Um, I just, I, I want to play football. I want to play them all. I hope we can. And so whatever that landscape is, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a soldier and say, let's go, let's go battle this thing and make it be as good as we can be.
2: Yeah, for sure. I love that.
0: 100%, 100%. Coach, uh, you know, you've always been a huge advocate and staying connected with alumni players, uh, you know, bringing them back to the school, having them be a part of uh, the new players uh, who are coming in and who are there now. Why is that, Coach? Why is that such a big deal for you?
1: Well, this, you know, Utah State's so very, very special for me. And I've been fortunate, every, everywhere that, that I have coached, you know, and I haven't been to a million different places, but I've been to a handful of different places, the alumni has been very strong very, very interested and very involved. Um, whether that was at Wisconsin, whether that was at Oregon State, whether that was at Southern Utah, University of Utah, um, it, it was always such a, a great alumni base. And, you know, when when you come back and, and I want the people that were here to be part of it, it's important for me, not just for the NFL players. Um, yeah, I love walking out of my office every day and seeing your jersey out there on the wall. That's cool. I mean, and it's cool for our players to see that and and understand who you are when you get in front of them like you did last year and spend 10 minutes talking to them about, you know, real story and not pretend land. Um, but it's important for me to be able to share those stories of successful businessmen and kids that haven't been so successful that struggled. I wanted to come in here and tell the positive stories and tell the negative stories. But most importantly, you know, we're all in this together and it is my drive. This, is, this university means the world to me and it always will when I'm not the, the head coach here anymore it'll mean the world to me. This is where my kids graduated. This is my town. This is why we kept our house where we're at. And so um, there's always been a great tie with me wherever I've been from an alumni base, but it's even more so passionate here. And maybe because I, you know, I, I have more years here than I've had yeah, anywhere have else or people, but it's, uh, it's important to let the alumni know that they're a huge part of this. And the worst thing that happens with alumni is, is I, and I've never wanted to feel this way and, I know you, you all you kids, you're all grown men now, but I'm still going to call you that. When you all came back here last year, that great those that great day and a half that we had together, and the great event um, that we had, the alumni event, and the day of the game and the day before the spring game, it was it was. Uh, you didn't feel like we were sitting there jumping on your back and trying to wrestle you to the ground and, and try to squeeze a hundred dollars out of your pocket or you know whatever money. <laughs> I don't want you to feel that way. I want the alum- back because they want to be here, not because we're asking for something and that's that's always a you know it's a teeter totter thing but uh, uh I, I want them to feel like we want you to be here because you're a special part of us and I want you to practice and most importantly really, I want you to educate our young kids and, and share your stories of life with them
2: yeah you've got a lot of stories of life We don't have to fit all of them <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, if if there's a good one, you, you're happy to share. More of our listeners need to learn about our main host. So, Coach, this is your time.
0: I'm just going to let yeah, you ask. Bridget says I don't, I don't talk enough about myself.
2: I told him that. He doesn't. He needs to share more about it's himself. It's because
0: I practice humility.
2: <laughs> Saying you practice humility <laughs> is not practicing humility. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny.
2: No, yeah. but coach, uh, real talk. I'm actually very curious. How when you were at Oregon State, what did you think of Corvallis?
1: Corvallis, Corvallis. Yes. Was, we had such a great or
2: as we used to call that, it. That,
1: yeah, that we lived in. We had. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what. She's stirring it up now, Turbo. But we we had so we had <laughs> we had, we had where, where our coaches lived. There was a bunch of us that all lived together in the neighborhood. It was awesome. We were pretty close to each other. Not all mm-hmm. of us, but quite a few of us um you know as when we walked in there and uh you know it was they are building the facility got that build up and did all those things and there's struggles wherever you're at but mm-hmm. i know this we had i just did a, a video or excuse me a conference call this morning and they were asking me about uh, a radio station asked me about jake luton um so i go back as i always do you know there's so many memories that i have of that place that uh are special and they're all really revolve around kids and it always will be. And you know, uh, it, it was, there was some good times, there was some bad times, but I'll end it by saying this. Um, you know, there, there was a great day there and I believe you were in the stands when we smashed the ducks. Um, so that was, that was a pretty good day.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. But what's, what's your favorite stadium that you traveled to? That makes me think like, what's your Ooh. favorite, favorite environment?
1: Well, I would That's say a good that, question, Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. We went to some special places when Robert was here with Oklahoma, Texas Mm AM, Auburn. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, we've been to all those all the big Mm -hmm. ten opportunities we had. Actually we we played Auburn the first game of the season the year after they won the national title. So it was pretty Yes. Yes. Uh, So that
2: was yeah, so that was two thousand eleven, right? Yeah, that was So that was right that was right after they beat us.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, that, that that was a great stadium. I would say this. A lot of that. I think at times there's so many great stadiums and full stadiums and craziness. But mm-hmm. because of the environment for one particular game, okay. um, setting and the situation, it was crazy. We were on the road uh, yeah. at Wisconsin, and we went and we played Ohio State in a in a, in oh, a huge game yeah.
2: early
0: mm.
1: year. Yeah. And, um, that, I remember
0: that, watching that game on TV.
1: That, that that place is like it's like a it's like a gladiator stadium. I totally. I've of those, yeah. but it especially goes when
2: you look at the aerial view. <laughs> it's just <laughs> nuts. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's uh, but there there's been there's been so many of those that were were crazy, and uh, you know we with in in our in our way here right now. Robert knows this. If you get those special games here in Cache Valley, it's it, it's hard to beat this setting on the night game uh, with the sun setting and those crazy fans. You know, going, going nuts at our place. And no, there's not 100,000, but there's so yeah. many. You don't need 100,000. You know, there's no. great states out there, the 30, that are 40, that are 50,000, 20,000. Um, it's the it's the venue. It's the two teams that are playing, the passionate fans that are in there. and You know, you need to come out here one, one day, young yeah.
0: lady. Yeah, come for sure. Oh, I'll bring her for sure. Uh, for yeah, sure. You. you know, I, I tell people all the time. I tell people all the time that the uh, I believe that we will win chant start, we'll start at started. Utah State.
2: It's oh like, hey really from.
0: yeah that's where it came from
1: so robert i you'll love this story yesterday i was sitting and, and uh was stacy was was in the kitchen and hanging out and all of a sudden she was like hey this rapper guy came out with some <laughs> song that's i believe that we will win and that's not, he can't do that that's our song that's Utah state song. And I said, hold on, what are you talking about? Right, right. So, so I, I go on there. So it was Pitbull, right? He came up with the song for, and it was for the, the virus yeah. and everything, but she was like, she was like hot. She's like, no, that's our song. He can't do that. We, we got, we got to, we got to do something. That's that's, that's Wait,
2: but I really want to know more about when it originated because so many schools uh, chant it now. So It,
0: it still, it came from, I, I think that, um, I, and coach, you can correct me if I'm wrong because obviously, you know, every every year that I was there in a, in attendance at, at Utah State, our fans did that chant, um, and no other school was doing it. But I want to say it was it, it became somewhat nationally known. I guess for lack of a better word, 2010 uh, BYU uh, comes to comes to our place. Ah, uh, they're ranked, and we beat them. Uh, it was—it was like you know, it was one of our first upsets in a long time. We stormed the field, everything. I was actually hurt. I was actually out that season with an ACL. But before that game, was that chant? And I think that's when it first.
2: Uh, it originated became... in the Naval Academy Prep School.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. What?
1: I think we'll Did you to, we'll have, that? We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, we're we hey, Robert and I are gonna stay where we no stay. Way. We'll
2: work, we'll work on this. We'll work yes. on this, State. but continue, but continue, Utah Rob. State.
1: So when you watch the the ESPN commercial that's talking about uh, there's the I believe that we can win is uh, it's played there and it's in the basketball arena at Utah State and if you watch ESPN tonight you'll see the commercial at some point point. and so I would have to believe that ESPN did their definitely did For their. Sure. Whole- yeah, where it originated. So I'm going to have to trump the Google search you just did on that, and I'm going to go with ESPN and say that it originated at Utah State. Well,
2: I mean that makes Utah sense. Utah
1: State baby.
2: But that's so <laughs> funny. Why <laughs> Look would at they? Her. It was the brainchild. We are have to figure this out because it says 1998. Oh. <laughs> I don't oh, we'll figure this you out, just out later.
0: Said that it didn't come from Oregon. No, just I know. Oregon what the heck? I did not
2: even say that.
0: Don't believe everything you see on the internet. is that what they say, Coach? Yes, sir, Mr. Turbin. Coach, you've uh you've uh you know had the opportunity as well. We talked about Oregon State Car Vegas, you said it was, uh Bridget?
2: core because it's called Corvallis, but they call it Cor Vegas because it's a really big party area and there's not that much else to do there.
0: Uh, wow. Shots are uh, you coached at University of Utah for a long time as well so some 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 wonderful experiences uh, you know didn't quite work out you know at Wisconsin why is that coach why do you think sometimes you know coaches go places and you know it just doesn't doesn't work out that the, the way you think it's going to work out
1: well you know it was all of my opportunities not one of my opportunities that I would look back and say um, I would change it Absolutely not, and, and I mean that. Uh, my time at Wisconsin was fantastic. I mean, we won a ton of games, went to two January 1st bowl games, played for a conference championship. Um, but, you know, there was just an opportunities that uh, came out there, and I can't ever uh, – the one thing I've always – it's right, wrong, or indifferent, things work out how they work out. You make the decisions that you make. But uh, I loved my time there. Barry Alvarez is absolutely fantastic and the university as a whole. And, again, I go back, those kids, um, you know, the tight end coach right now at uh, Oregon State University, Brian Wozniak, was our tight end at, uh, at at Wisconsin, and he opted to get into coaching. And maybe he would have, maybe he would I don't know, but I was glad he came and was a GA force and got hired out there. Josh Oglesby, who was a GA force at Wisconsin, now the uh, offensive line coach at San Jose State. You know, so and, and not just football-wise, I'm just giving those a couple of examples. So I never look back at any of my stops. Have they uh, you know, and but, you've coached would, a bunch
2: of guys that have gone to the NFL like you have a ton of successes yeah
1: but Wisconsin was Wisconsin was fantastic from a football standpoint from a kid standpoint um, it was a tremendous challenge it was great people great league and I didn't leave there with any 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 bad feelings um, and the, the, the same is is really true it, it, was, it, was, it was it was it was a tough ride at times at, at every place that you're at and um, you know Oregon State was absolutely no different from me and I look back again all I can say about it is I wouldn't um, I wouldn't take back any of those decisions that myself and Stacy have made because of the people that we got to see um, and the kids that we we got to know. Um, you know, we're back home now. Had um, a tremendous experience you know when i got back to, to utah for a year and had great kids i was able to coach there um and now we're back at utah state and uh the one thing i can tell you now is there there's not a there's not another rodeo for this guy so that's that's it this is this Breaking is a wrap news. <laughs> yeah. this is where we're going to stay and where we're going to go and uh we'll be here in, in 10 years from now and and grinding the way and how long I'm the head coach here as was long as they'd like me to be the head coach here but we've had a great journey it's been and it's time. It's our time as Stacy and I it's our time to give back to football um, and continually do that because football has been fantastic to us and our family and you know I, I still got a lot That's of juice beautiful. to get.
2: I love that thank you so much coach for doing this this was awesome okay,
0: coach yeah alright have a great day go Aggies Turbo alright coach thanks for being on the show go Aggies You're welcome okay guys take care